Hey guys, welcome back to our Ramen Host Club. I'm your host, Mango Senpai. Welcome back, welcome back, people. Happy New Year! Happy, happy New Year! Wow, already the New Year. Hopefully your guys' Christmas was good. Mine was unexpectedly pretty good. Um, I didn't expect too much, but a lot did happen. I was busy running around, aside from celebrating family at one place, well, one person's house. I also had to host one at my place for a couple of people that were coming over. So I was a little bit bouncing around, but then uh, later in the evening, uh, more family members came by and visited uh, unexpectedly, but it was a lot of fun. Um, yep, so had a great time this Christmas and obviously all the birthdays and stuff like that. So I've been running around, plus all the commission work and stuff. <laughs> Anyways, um, for today's episode, I wanted to focus on two episode, uh, two uh, anime uh, shows that I completed this season, which is season two of Mishoku Tensei. Jobless Reincarnation, basically, and um, Tacto P Destiny. So we're going to talk about that. And manga-wise review, uh, I wanted to talk about Zom 100, but instead of that, we're going to talk about the Dungeon of Black Company. I just started that. It's really funny. I wanted to get into uh, Zom 100 this episode, but I didn't read the last volume, as I promised, but I didn't. Uh, so I'm going to read it this coming week, and then we'll talk about it next week. Uh, but Z but Dungeon of Black Company is also really good manga wise, and I've seen some of the anime, so I'm gonna kind of compare it a little bit left and right. So there'll be mild spoilers for uh, uh, Dungeon Black Company, but I'm gonna try to keep it really mild to almost no spoilers. And with Tacto P Destiny and Mishoku Tensei Season Two, I won't really get into heavy spoilers with that either. I'm just gonna basically explain it and uh, let you guys. You know, check it out if you haven't finished the season or anything like that. Uh, so let's get to it, I guess. Um, oh, <laughs> I kind of wanted to try this new thing with this uh, podcast. And I, I made a whole uh, segment list for the podcast just so I could keep track with a lot of different things. Uh, so we're going to have seg segments for obviously manga and literature. We're going to be talking about some anime. Uh, we're going to be talking about the i wanted to do your dad's anime reviews so we're gonna make that a segment on its own too um so we're gonna follow that and um basically follow up with recommendations maybe and that's pretty much it in closing so hopefully <laughs> we make this more of a habit and i know it's already almost close to like the, close to the ending of this season of season two we're already on episode nine we got 10 11 12 three more episodes before season two is over and then uh we'll get started on season three uh yeah so 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 i do like to say so a lot don't i i realize i like <laughs> listening to my podcast i like to say so a lot i like to say um um a lot <laughs> i like to say what's the other uh, that being said a lot. I noticed that. I say that being said a lot all the time. So, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still working on my uh, my talking, I guess, tendencies. Alright. So, let's see. The first thing... Oh, uh, I guess we could also do... I kind of want to make this segment too. It's uh, kind of like... A, a top three list or some philosophical rant i guess not both of them maybe one or the other for per each episode um so before we get down to talking about anime and manga 
and reviewing and all that stuff. Let's talk about top three. So this episode on top three, I wanted to go over, let's see, let's see. I made a whole list of different top threes. Let's see. Okay, let's do this one. Let's just go in order. We'll do top 10 anime moments that made me cry like a baby. And I could say, I say top three. Uh, I could say the obvious, you know, Clanad, and I could say, uh, I don't know, uh, what else? What, uh, like, it, your line April. I could say all of that. Those are obviously they're gonna they're tear jerkers and they're meant to make you cry. Um, and they're obviously yeah tear jerker like big tear jerker animes. So I could say after story Clanad, and I could say all that, but we're not gonna go there. So I'm gonna if I say t- with this one with the top three and I could this will always change right now I guess this is the top three recent that I guess I, I would say made me cry in the past couple I don't know newer anime I guess uh, okay so the third one let's see I have it listed down here okay so the th- the third one I am going to put my hero academia. Kachan versus Deku season three. When, <laughs> and I'm gonna explain why. So, My Hero Academia Kachan versus Deku season three. That was a huge tearjerker for me because I've been following the anime uh, with My Hero Academia since the episode one came out, and I loved Kachan off the bat. He was like already my favorite because um, he's nothing like me, and I love characters who's always kind of usually polar opposite of me because I could. I could relate to Deku because I'm, I'm, if anything, I'm more like how Deku is. So I love Deku, uh, um, you know, off the bat. But Kachan brings a certain flavor to Deku that Deku doesn't have. And that was the reason why I love Kachan so much. I, I, like, I, at the, at the first off, I knew he wasn't just going to be some two-dimensional character with just rage issues. And when the anime progressed, you, you could see that he's actually a lot more different from when you first saw him in the first few episodes. And I, I kind of read that going in already, you know, because Deku, obviously the main guy, has some sort of affinity for Kachan. So, of course, Kachan's going to be a complicated character. You just can't see it because he's so extroverted with his feelings so much. You know, you don't really get, to, you don't really get that internal thought that he struggles with. But, so I've been following it all the way up to season three. Uh, obviously, I'm already up. Uh, I'm ahead with, with My Hero Academia. But season three, when Deku and Kachan finally fought, so much baggage just came off like their shoulders, and so much weight has been lifted. When Kachan expressed so much emotions, spoilers alert. But when Kachan like, just released so much emotions after the fight um or no right right before the fight and even after the fight um and he starts just pouring out to Deku how you know how how he how he feels like a failure and everything it, it just tore my heart I was like man this kid you know this kid has been got, he's gone through so many things and he's watched Deku like surpass him here and there and he thought he was in the lead, but then you know this, you know this twerp who didn't have a quirk back then is now catching up and everything. It's it's frustrating, <laughs> but then Papa All Might comes in, and then he kind of like talks to them, and he becomes kind of like a, a dad thing, you know, a dad figure 
role model to the boys and they got even closer i was like this is how a rivalry should end this is like the perfect ending to a good rivalry, or like a good a good beginning to a a, a healthy rivalry i guess you could say because the rivalry they had before was not healthy at all you know it was just one after the other tug and pull and i thought that was what we were gonna get throughout the whole like season until like season like 50 or whatever but uh, i'm glad they did it as soon as they could and when they were actually growing uh because it would have it would have been terrible just to tr like drag that on and on and on so definitely that takes the third spot uh second one is kaguya-sama when this is uh these are heavy spoilers i'm sorry but kaguya-sama when ishigami had that sports episode arc oh my goodness when i first saw that and i watched it obviously i watched it in japanese uh but that's one of the animes I go back and forth watching in English. The English is good too, but it the the, the Japanese performance, the 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 sub performance for that was just phenomenal. The the English the Japanese cast, oh my goodness, like so you could feel the emotion just pouring out of the words that are coming out of Ishigami's mouth. Oh my goodness, it made me cry so much, and it was he he's a stubborn character, and it, and it was relatable because of how justified he is and then it warps to the fact that he's you know risking his own well-being just to prove his own self-righteousness you know and you know it kind of started to feel very unhealthy because he closes off in his room and he doesn't you know he he, he everyone else around him probably thinks it's a dumb idea what he's doing uh just not apologizing and being the better man but at the very end of it all, when Shinomiya comes in and says your your act of silence really scared off the kid and made him transfer to a different school, and all the tears just poured out, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this episode is is killing me right now." It was so sad; I could not stop bawling for that one. And that takes the number two spot. All right, you probably won't see this one coming. Okay. But this anime had really tore me a new one. <laughs> it was bad. I was crying so hard. Probably harder than any anime I've seen prior. Like years of anime I've watched that made me tear up or cry or bawl. This one probably takes the cake. Okay. And it's Skate the Infinity episode 10, I believe. <laughs> and you're like, what? Skate the Infinity? Isn't that like a shonen skateboarding sports anime? It is. It is, but the characters were so relatable leading up, and I've been I was following that anime since episode one, um, and then it got to the point where I forgot the characters Rangan and uh, I forgot the other guy. These two characters, all right, I can just call them spiky hair and like pale dude, but it got to a point where. Because Rangan, the, 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 the pale guy from Canada, you know off the bat that he doesn't have a, a certain father figure and everything. And so he looked to his one of his best friends, the other kid, gosh, I wish I knew that name, um, as kind of like that role model to fill in his place. Because when he was still in Canada, he would snowboard with his dad all the time. And uh, that's how he'd kind of get 
you know his fix when it came to like activities like that so when he finally moved to japan and he can't do anything but skateboard and he needs to find this certain i guess uh motivational kind of person uh it was, it was in recce that's his name recce um and their di- their their dynamic was so wholesome yeah. and obviously i could attest to the fact that it could also be some weird romance thing but it, obviously they don't say that but you could you could tell there's strong feelings between the two but he fills that void in uh ranga's uh heart and so when it came to episode 10 where that point where they were pretty much just broke off from being angry with each other and then come coming back together and the feelings just poured out with the two i could not stop crying i could see uh, in rangan's eyes like i was viewing it from his point of view and the fact that he saw reki as someone so important to him as his father figure that passed away i'm sorry but that was i'm gonna tell you right now that was very relatable it was so relatable to a level of like this is kind of it hit home it hit home in so many ways and it, it got really personal for me that this anime legit like i had to turn it off i had to pause the anime right because i couldn't stop crying and i couldn't pay attention i just had to pause it after the emotional parts and it, and just cried for a, a good five minutes continued the anime and then it ended after like another like five six minutes but i was still balling and after it ended, my plan, that was the first anime of the day. I had a whole plan. Usually I have a plan of watching like maybe seven, eight different episodes. Uh, so I could just like batch whatever episodes I've seen that, like whatever new episodes came out, right? And that was one of the new ones that came out. And I could not watch any more anime after that. I literally turned it, turned the TV off and I just <laughs> jumped on my bed and started crying some more for another like five, ten minutes. And my whole face was just like red pouring. And... I didn't want to get up. I was like, I can't watch anything right now because if I watch anything, it just ruins that sentimental moment. And it, and then I won't. I'm not. I wouldn't be as invested in the anime episodes because how much Skate the Infinity just tore a new hole in my heart because of this episode. You know. So yeah, uh, those are my top three. Um, I bet you didn't see that one coming, but yeah. So. My Hero Academia, Kachan vs. Deku Season 3, Kaguya-sama Ishigami Sports Festival, I believe that was Season 2, and uh, Skate the Infinity Episode like 10-ish. Whew, that was a hard pill to swallow. My god. I don't know if there's any anime that could beat that moment for me, honestly. <laughs> it was just so emotional. It was so emotional. Uh, yeah. Okay, so those are my top three for that. So, moving right along, after the top three, uh, let's, uh, what, what was my plan? So, after that, we're going to do, sorry, bear with me, I'm still new to this uh, whole segment thing. Alright, okay, so now we're on to the anime reviews. Okay, so, we're going to talk about Tacto P, and we're going to talk about Mushoku Tensei. Um, Tacto P Destiny... When I first heard about it and saw the trailer, I was on board 110%, and I followed that anime all the way through. 
given my thoughts after seeing all of it, what I think, it was beautifully animated, beautiful soundtrack, um, beautiful like artistry, amazing voice cast. Everything was pretty much a spot 10 out of 10 in everything. But the story was about a seven-ish. Story is big for me. So I'm a huge story kind of guy. I'm a storyteller kind of person. I write my own stories and all that stuff. I used to work in film and I wrote scripts left and right. I love story, whether it's just a basic three-act structure or a complicated five-act structure. It, it That's what you know drives me is storytelling i could forgive crappy animation as long as it has great story can i get can i forgive great am animation if it had crappy story that's a little bit more difficult to answer because story is such high, uh, really high on a pedestal there's has to be some give and take so because everything was a 10 across the board besides story sound uh, sound music voice casting animation so fluid you know mappa and was a madhouse yeah they they took the cake home literally um i would say yes it's still a really great anime to watch um do understand though the story gets kind of choppy around like the halfway point though to a point where at the end i felt like it was stupidly rushed like so stupid that you would you, you ask the wrong you start to ask the the questions you don't want to ask like why didn't he just do this or why didn't they just do that and why did she do that those are the bad questions when you're a critic in that sense those are the questions you kind of want to you don't want to hear from people the questions you do want to hear are more like i love how they did that soundtrack i wonder how they came up with that those are like the questions you want. Or I can see that they went that way, but I wonder if the, if they did it this way, that maybe it would have turned out that way. You know, those are the questions that are good. But when you have, you know, people who are asking like, well, that's dumb. Why didn't he just do it that way? Because there's an obvious solution for it. So that's where it starts to lack around like a little bit after the halfway point when they start to get more into the... Um, area that they're trying to get into i'm sorry i'm trying not to spoil anything but that's um that being said out of all i would say tacto p is worth the watch i'd give it about a eight out of ten i think that's a fair judgment like eight out of ten story is a big one for me and honestly if the sound quality was bad but the story was good i'd give it like <laughs> a, a 9.5 you know so I put the story on a high pedestal. That's why it dropped down like two big points. Uh, but Tacto P, it's basically a... A lot of people say it's a trailer for a video game, but I want to say it's more so... Uh, it, it, it's more so... It's not a trailer. It, it's more a prelude to a, to a story for a video game. You know, People calling it a trailer for a video game is kind of just... They're, they're, they're kind of BSing you there. It's definitely a story before the video game. So it's a prequel. 
Um, and I believe the video game reservations are already, you could already pre-order them, but only in Japan. Uh, you can't do it here in the States. I don't know when it comes out in the States to pre-order, but uh, they definitely have it in Japan already. Uh, so that's Tactile P Destiny. Um, the main premise for that is basically a guy. Let me let me pull it up on Google real quick. Let's see, Tacto P. Destiny. I need to know. I don't remember any of these guys' name. Okay, so there's Tact and obviously Ume and Ana. Okay, so basically, long story short, Tact Ume. Or uh, her first name was, Sh um, Sh uh, I think it was Charlotte. Is it Charlotte? Uh, tact and Corset. Cosette. So Cosette and Tact uh, basically do some sort of concert. Bad things happen when people play music and these monsters come out. And they sacrifice one of the characters, Cosette, in that scene. Tack gets stupid upset, and Cosette somehow turns into this uh, monster fighting machine from this gem that she has on her crest or her necklace. Uh, and then she becomes this character named Ume, or Destiny, basically. It's Tactopi Destiny, so it's Destiny. Um, Destiny in Cosette's look is not Cosette at all. She's completely different, where Cosette is more of a wholesome next-door girl type of character. Uh, Destiny is more of the Kudere, you know, cool character that doesn't talk or has a smart mouth. So she turns into that kind of character. But their banter back and forth is really funny. The comedy... Um, when it came to like the physicality of it was pretty funny because it kind of reminded you it's still an anime at some point. Uh, there's this part where Cosette, or not Cosette, but uh, Destiny uh, just picks up Tact and like lunges him in a car from a certain good distance and you could swear that he would most likely break a few bones but because it's an anime, you know, they keep to the trope. Or the fact that their uh, destiny, when she senses one of these uh, uh, monsters from a distance, she break a wall to exit. And for some reason, no one cares about the damage, except for, obviously, Tact and her sister, Anna. But they never say about cost or repairs or anything like that. So it still hits home as it feels like as an anime. So it's pretty funny. Um, but it could also get serious pretty quick. So uh, they, they balanced it fairly well with the animation aspect of the not so realism, but then the realistic nature of the whole entire story. I thought it was flawlessly made that way. Um, but yeah, so these guys, Anna, Tact, and Destiny, go to go on a journey to New York to basically find out about Anna's family because their sister is able to help Destiny return back to Corset, so they think. Anyways, uh, we still don't know because it kind of ends you in a cliffhanger and you kind of have to play the game after that, I think. But that's basically the story. And while they're journeying to New York, they have to fight these monsters. 
that if they hear music playing, they'll pop out of the ground or wherever they're from and wreak havoc. And then there's a government thing that kind of like pushes the boundaries on what's what what's good and what's not good. Policing music in a sense, also controlling monsters, uh, uh, controlling the the existence of how these monsters act. Yeah, it, it, it's there's a lot of good things, good elements to this world they built, but the story was kind of basic. It, it kind of saddened me because of that part, but you know, Mappa and Mappa and Madhouse. Yeah. They, they, I thought they did a pretty damn good job. Uh, all right, so yeah, so eight out of ten for Tactile P. The second one we'll be talking about is going to be Mushoku Tensei season two. Uh, but I'm just going to give you the brief uh, understanding of what Mushoku Tensei is about, just because we've never talked about Mushoku Tensei on this podcast, and you could you know see for yourself if you want to watch it from the get-go i've never read any manga or light novel of mushoku tensei so all i know is what i've seen from the anime and i personally loved it uh when when season one came out when so i'm a spider so what also came i dropped that anime which i need to go back to watch that one but i dropped that to watch mushoku tensei instead and I fell in love with it. The fact, the 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 animation, the music, the voice cast, everything was just straight across the board, like amazing. Um, I don't really know too many faults or sins that I could give it, except for that it really starts off as your generic isekai. But it's nothing, nothing really. It doesn't. That's pretty much where the generic part of Isekai ends. Is there? It, basically, a guy gets run over by a truck, gets teleported or transported, reincarnated to a new world where he starts his life anew with you know a band of uh, you know weirdos to basically travel the world and um, fight evil. Um, with this, in this case. Uh, this guy has some connection with uh, an, an entity called the Man God, which is the person that reincarnated him, but he also plays as a huge major player in the actual anime when it comes to fighting the villains. Because the villains are stupid OP in this anime. Um, but uh, the... Uh, but the characters... What I loved about this one is that you, you you see them training get stronger all the time. And one part, especially in season two, um, one of the characters, she was, um, I think her name was Eris. Yeah, Eris, the red-haired girl. When you first see her in season one, she is basically a snobby princess until Rudius comes in, kind of gives her the basic training of sword wielding, and then they get um, this uh, cat-like person, a gish something, gish male, something like that. Uh, they, they, she becomes her trainer in, in sword hand-to-hand combat. 
and and you think that she's a, she gets stronger just like that but it carries on to season two and she gets other training from another uh party member of hers rugerd supardia okay and he's supposed to be like one of those demon kinds that are cursed so people like are stupid afraid of him but he she basically is training from him and in season two they you know every time they spar you see her get better and better which i really really like so you see a progression in these characters it's not like some weird like sword art online where you're already instantly op or you know some of these isekais where the mc is already overpowered so i guess the one thing i had to complain was in season one where Rudius, where he's a mage, so he practiced more magic stuff. And it seemed like from the first few episodes, he was already getting the skills down, like, off the bat. And that I didn't really like, because it started reminding me of all these other isekai, uh, or, you know, video game uh, anime, where they just level up so quickly, because of, like, natural-born talents. I didn't like that, in all honesty. But after all that point, like, the what... The animation, the music, the voice cast, and everything, and then as the story progresses, it got really, really good. I loved all of it. It was, it's one of those anime that it kind of threw me off surprise, you know, after a while. You, I had to stick with it, but there's so much eye candy and music and all this stuff to go by that you can't not give it your attention, you know. It's just perfectly made. So rating wise for Mushoku Tensei, I would give it maybe like a 9.5 out of 10 because, and I only deduct a 0.5 because of how it's another isekai genre with a basic isekai plot. You know, I mean, yeah, the, the how you tell the story is a big part of it. Uh, but I guess I'm just really tired of those <laughs> tropes. So I try to limit my anime per season of like maybe one or two isekais if I could help it. But I try to watch every other type of anime out there because I, I can't just watch isekai or fantasy in that sense. Because all I'll think about is that even fantasy nowadays, even if it's not a isekai, it's just straight up fantasy. Like, uh, what is it? Um, Banished from the Heroes Party. Already, that that's very video game-esque, even though it's obviously not a video game and it's not isekai. It's literally a fantasy world, but they have elements that kind of remind you of, like, MMORPG. You know, so that, that that's the main reason why I kind of dropped it to 0.5, but it's not a lot. And, and it's still worth a good watch. All right. So, yeah. 9.5 for Mushoku Tensei Jabba's Reincarnation and a 8 out of 10 for Tacto P Destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty, alrighty. So next thing on the topic. Next thing. Let's see what we got here. We got uh, Oh, your dad anime. Oh, continuing with anime. So we'll do your dad's anime next. So in Your Dad Anime, we talk about classic anime back in the mid to late 90s early 2000s i would say uh about anime that this generation don't really have never seen or never really want to give it a chance because it's so old you know you you, you when you grow up 
in a in a newer generation you don't really want to watch anything that looks old you know you kind of have to be niched into it in a sense i didn't start off watching black and white films uh you know when i got into filmmaking i had to be i had to have that mindset of okay i'm watching just the film forget that it's back from 1950s or whatever you know so same thing in that regard so for the newer generation that want more uh anime recommendations that we've grown up with uh, classic anime and for those mommies and daddies out there that want to take down go down memory lane today's anime we'll be talking about is death note i recently rewatched it for the 50th time and i can't not recommend it more than enough seriously if you don't know what death note is and i'm pretty sure everyone knows what death note is or heard about it the long story short it's a it's a villain story. It's a it, it's you your point of view is through Light Yagami, the main villain, the main character in the story. But you see him how he rises to power with a special notebook he gets from a basically a a demon, uh, a Shinigami, and Shinigamis are basically soul reapers from another world that come in and take people human souls when they're near death or about to die or are supposed to die the shinigami comes by and takes their soul um that's basically the lore of a shinigami uh so a shinigami in this story they write a person's name in a death note and that person dies and their soul gets taken to the afterlife or whatever um but in this case ryuk the main shinigami drops a note he has two notebooks he drops a notebook onto our dimensional realm and a boy named light yagami picks it up a genius boy stupid smart super popular with the girls he probably has his own harem if he wasn't in death note and he uses this to try to cleanse the world from evil doers from criminals so he's basically killing criminals to make the world more justified to his own belief. Uh, it's not long until he gets interrupted by one of the greatest, smartest detective, L. And L is obviously not his real name. Uh, the rules basically with the notebook is that you gotta have a name and a face of a person to write down in the notebook in order to take their life. Um, but L was able to do this in like, a matter of minutes with one single test you know he was able to deduct that light yagami is actually in tokyo a certain part of tokyo and that he's uh he could kill anyone if he has a name and a face uh yeah so he's really smart but that was only like episode two or three i want to say and this is like 26 27 episodes so it's a long anime, and there's a lot of witty back and forth with L and Light. Um, not going to spoil anything for you or what happens, but get ready for a wild ride. So definitely Death Note. Check out Death Note if you want a really good classic anime. That's your dad anime for today. Okay, so moving on after dad's anime, I'm going to recommend some literature for you guys. And the literature we have today is going to be the Dungeon of Black Company. Saw some of the anime after I read the first two volumes. I have to say the anime does not do the manga justice. 
at all. I want to say the anime, compared to the, all the other animes I was mentioning today, I'd give it like maybe a 6.57 out of 10 watch, which basically means it's watchable. It's interesting. I would say it's watchable and interesting because I read the manga beforehand. Because the manga was so good that I kind of fell in love with the character, so I kind of wanted to see him succeed in the anime. But I felt they fell a little flat on their story and direction with the anime. And the animation itself is kind of just okay. Um, but yeah, so Dungeon of Black Company, what that is basically about is... Let me open the manga real quick so I can get all these characters' names. All these names. Okay, Ninomiya, Kin uh, Kinji, Rim, and Wanibe. So Ninomiya basically is a guy that... Uh, lives in this luxurious home that he built for himself, like a pent apartment, pent condo. He's got real estate everywhere, all the money in the world, stupid rich, and he's a neat. And he basically never worked a single hard labor day in his life until he gets transported to a world, an isekai basically, to this world, this fantasy world, where he runs into uh, Wanibe, which is kind of like a giant lizard, but he's very sensitive, so he's not the, you know, I'm going to eat you up kind of. He's the more like the shy, tender type. Um, and Rim, which she's a, a dragon of sorts, a stupid strong dragon, uh, but she could sh uh, change shift into her a different form to a humanistic form. She still has her horns and scaly arms and legs and stuff. But, um, yeah, she's, I, I, I like her design a lot. But he runs into these characters while he's doing his manual labor. But he's one of those very conniving and uh, witty characters. So he, how he settles disputes is through his bantering, is his, how he speaks to people and, you know, how he kind of just, like, want people to do work for him. He, 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 I don't want to say he's lazy, but he will. He's one of those people that will rip you off. He could if he sees that you're a chump. Um, that being said, I can't say he's really a villain more so than an anti-hero because you do meet a hero uh, along the way in his adventures whose actually sole purpose is to fight the bad guys and bring profit to the company that they're working for so she's like straight up hero material you know uh compared to to um ninomiya but i love his character so much because it reminds me of like one of the characters i'm kind of writing and i need to find like different characters to kind of relate off and he was one of ones when i started reading it's like oh he's definitely the type of characteristic i want when i'm writing my story so uh Dungeon of Black Company, read-wise, definitely give it a read. I'd suggest stick with the manga. Um, but if you love the character so much and you want to give the anime a try, especially if it's your flavor, then watch the anime. You might like it more than me. I'm enjoying it. I'm still going to watch the whole thing. I'm going to binge it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it when it came to that. I think manga-wise, I would say it's... Uh, 8 out of 10 read. It could get a bit wordy. And that's where they fall flat with the anime. Is that because the manga has so many descriptions. And 
how they kind of use Nino, uh, Nino, Mi- Nino Mia's perceptiveness in his cunning uh, talk with characters to win conversations. They lack that in the anime. If anything, he in the anime, he's more of a... He sees some. He he sees the thing and he uses the thing and tries it out, kind of thing. Like he does that. He he doesn't really think ten steps ahead. In the manga, it feels like you're getting inside his head and he's thinking. He has a thinking process, and you kind of get surprised because oh, you remember from a few panels or a few pages that he mentioned this. But in the anime, it's more like oh, we got this. Let's use it. You know, it's just there, so let's try it out. So completely, I feel like they're two completely different characters. One from the manga and the anime, uh, they really separated how they acted. Like aside from the aside from all the bravado talk and the macho talk, uh, he's how he decides things. I feel they're two different characters, and that's probably why a big chunk of it kind of dropped down because his character kind of dropped um the animation was it's just okay it's not bad but because the story was lackluster you know it falls even more flat uh voice acting english dub is out it's eh. i had to switch it back to japanese um yeah i'd say this is one of the dubs where it's just eh. (laughs) i don't want to completely like diss the dubbers the english dubbers um but yeah, uh, I felt it was kind of like a miss for the anime. Anyways, so so yeah, that's pretty much how the the the, the setup's gonna go. Uh, I kind of like how it's going so far. I, I'm a little bit rusty right now, but hopefully I get better in the future with this uh, with this segment thing with the new podcast. And we're gonna do that for next week too. I just have to come up with more content, but it's all good because now I got like a set segment thing. Uh, so we'll be ending it with recommendations. So I recommend you watch Tacto P Destiny. I recommend you watch Mushoku Tensei. Dad anime wise, watch Death Note. Um, and read The Dungeon of Black Company. If you like it so much, watch the anime. So those are my recommendations for you. And question wise for the Spotifyers. Uh, I'm just going to put it down. I don't have a question yet. I'm really terrible with coming up with these questions. And I'll get better with them. But I'll put a question for you who listen to our podcast on Spotify. So check that segment below. Answer it. And we'll go over it on the next episode of the podcast. All right, guys. So that concludes the podcast for today. I was your host, Mango Senpai. I'm Mango Senpai. Love you guys so much, and thank you again for listening to our Ramen Host Club. We'll see you next time. Bye.